Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is our 342nd podcast. We've got a great show. It's the first time we've done the show on Saturday night. So we've got a Saturday night live special. Our special guest this evening is healer, author, and friend, Francine Vale. Her book is A Song of the Heart, Song of the Heart. And uh, we're going to bring her out in a few minutes and have a great discussion because she is a really fascinating person and a very kind person also. And I'm so glad that uh, she's graced us on the show and also that, uh, you know, in all truth and honesty, she's become a friend of the family and I'm so pleased about that because she's a wonderful uh, human being. So here we are, it's January 26th and we're right smack dab in the dead of winter in New York city. This is a time of year where, You got to really suck it up if you're a New Yorker and say, I love winter when you get a nice sunny day. Like today was gorgeous. I took my son, Sky, to uh, swim class this morning down on around 90th Street, 98th Street, something like that, to a place called Swim Gym. Very good. They have lots of little kids learning how to swim. And I think it's really important to learn how to swim if you're a child because it's something, you know, there's all these different activities you can train the kids with, but Swimming is something they can use their entire life, and who knows, you, they, they might need it to save their life. Hopefully not, but swimming is a great thing, being comfortable with the water, because uh, it's just a great thing to do. I was never that way. I, I really only got pretty good at swimming this past summer, believe it or not, because when I was giving Sky lessons, taking him for lessons down the Jersey Shore, I actually took some lessons myself, and it, wow, I'm a runner. I've run three marathons. I run all the time, and uh, I couldn't believe the difference in breathing in swimming versus running and how much uh, it's actually much more physically taxing, but it's uh, also there's so much elation you get when swimming. So I'm, I'm really hooked on it. I love it. But anyhow, for my son, it's great because uh, this is something that, you know, you don't have to be super coordinated or anything. Anybody can learn how to swim if they just put the time in and focus and they have a good program and uh, it just slowly builds each, each, each week. It's a little bit better, just incrementally. And um, I, th- I think it's a great thing. So anyhow, so we walked home through Central Park, and it was a sunny, gorgeous January day. And I did my uh, promotion for the show there in the park and posted it on social media. I hope you got a chance to check it out. And uh, just one of those days where you just, you know, you say, I love winter. And then, you know, then it gets bad. Then it snows, then it rains, then it's slush, then it's cloudy. We're supposed to get some super cold temperatures this week. I know uh, out in Chicago in the Midwest, (laughs) I was looking at the forecast. I have a buddy of mine who lives in Chicago, and he sent me a photo of his uh, deck. It was minus 12 degrees, and everything's covered in snow. I'm like, wow. I'm like, brunch? And he's like, cold cuts? (laughs) But they're supposed to go down to, I think it's like Wednesday or Thursday this coming week. It's going to be low of minus like 17, high of minus 11, something like that. It's like, wow, it's cold. So anyhow, it's that time of year where, uh, you know, if you live in the north, you got to deal with it. So that's okay. So this is a, uh, you know, we've got the Super Bowl coming up in a week, which is a big event. So even if you're not a football fan, most people watch the Super Bowl because there's all the commercials. And there's a lot of fanfare around it with the halftime entertainment and all of that. And there's always controversy. And this year we have the Patriots who are in their ninth Super Bowl during the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era. And then you've got the L.A. Rams who are a very good team. And they have a young coach. He's only uh, 33 years old. He's uh, Sean McVay. He's done a fantastic job. The thing is, the New Orleans Saints uh, looked like they were destined for the Super Bowl, and then they had this non-call of a pass interference that everybody's seen a million times this week, and it was just they missed it. And because of that, probably why the Rams ended up winning the game and they're going to the Super Bowl. What can you do? And, you know, it's interesting, Roger uh, Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, who 
supposedly pulls down like 40 million a year, something like that, because the NFL is big, big, big business. And he has said nothing about it, which uh, I find a little bit off-putting because listen, you're getting paid that type of money. You got to come up with some type of statement. It's not an easy thing to deal with, but that's what you get paid for the big bucks for buddy. So that's unfortunate, but uh, I don't think he cares because uh, uh, he's just raking it in and living the good life. But um How's everybody doing with the New Year's resolutions? You know, here we are. It's like getting towards February. I know a lot of people do dry January, where after all the holidays, uh, they just dry out. They avoid sugar. Now there's this new thing also, the no sugar, no carbs, 10-day challenge. I think uh, A-Rod and J-Lo were doing it and getting other celebrities to do it. And a lot of people do dry January, which is no, no alcohol for January. Last year, as I've mentioned uh, on the show, I did my process of elimination diet where I, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol for a year, and I gave up 52 food and beverage items, one per week. And I'm working on a book about it, a short book, but a fantastic experience. So anyhow, I gave myself January. I figured, you know what? i got to give myself a break. Uh, even though I had lost the desire and the... Um, cravings for so many of the things I cut out, mostly the ones that are sugar-based. Now, every time I have something with sugar in it, it seems incredibly sweet to me uh, and not in a positive way. So my taste buds have changed and that's a good thing. But I gave myself January to kind of uh, chill out, do what I want. As a result, I put on five pounds. I've eaten basically what I wanted. But then about a week ago, uh, when I got into like mid-January, I said, you know what, I, I can't just go back to what the way I was eating before. Uh, not that it was that bad. I mean, I don't eat meat. Um, I'm pretty good uh, diet-wise, eat a lot of organic. Fortunately, my family, we all get into the whole organic thing, which I think is important based on the current food supply. But um, I, uh, I decided, you know what? When I developed this process of elimination diet, I had different levels. I had a, a, a kind of a beginner level, which is give up one food or beverage each, from each month of the year. So you end up giving up 12 things. And then there was a moderate where it's every other uh, twice a month. So you'd be uh, 24. And then the, uh, the 52 week one, which I did. So I figured I have to, if I'm going to be hawking this thing and I'm going to write a book on it, I have to put myself through the most stringent test. And I'm, and I'm glad I did, but I figured this year, you know what I'm going to do, give up one thing every month. So I decided I'd start with ice cream. I figured I really don't need to eat ice cream. I like it. There's a box of organic ice cream sandwiches staring in me in the face every time I open the freezer. My son likes ice cream sandwiches. So, I, you know, cool. Uh, but uh, so they're out of the way and I'll have to add another two weeks at the end of uh, 2019 going to 2020, but I'm going to give up something in February. I was thinking of cookies, but I love when my wife, she likes to make these uh, and we make it together as a, as a group with my son and I kind of help out a little bit too, but these organic oatmeal chocolate chip cookies that are just insanely good. So we'll see. Um, I got to come up with something for February though, but that's not too bad because last year I had to come up with something every week, 52 weeks in a row, and it was all virgin territory to, for me. Anyhow, let's see what else is going on. So I'm not going to do my Super Bowl prediction until uh, I've actually got another show coming up on uh, next this coming Monday. Uh, Mark Gober, uh, a writer. And um, then we've got one more of these traditional Guys Guys Radio live shows that's going to come up on February 25th, I believe. And uh, from there, instead of doing two a week, which I've been doing for the last couple of years, we're doing one show a week. This is how it's going to work. Guys Guys Radio has been picked up by terrestrial radio, so regular radio stations. So KCAA in Southern California has picked me up and uh, picked up the show. So we send them uh, one of our uh, podcasts, which is broadcast and very it's recorded, pre-recorded, and um, uh, we don't do the live shows. We don't do the call-ins at this point because I have to be in their studio, and obviously, logistically, that's not an option right now. So uh, once a week, every Wednesday evening in KCAA in Southern California, the footprint's kind of predominantly the Orange County area, Riverside, that whole area. And then we're also uh, 8 o'clock Wednesday evening, 8 to 9. And then we're also on Spreaker, which is a new uh, platform for us, which is big. 
And also we're going on to, we have to do like three or four shows before we get moved into the uh, iHeartRadio system. And that's nationwide. So that's great. So we're still going to be on iTunes and we're going to point everything to our, uh, our feed on iTunes. So if you want to listen to any show, just go to iTunes if you're not out in Southern California. If you're out there, of course, you want to listen in the car or whatever. And if you get iHeartRadio, about in a week or so, we'll be on iHeartRadio. You can listen whenever you want also. But all of our shows, all 342, including this evening's shows, are going to be on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Spreaker, KCAA, and uh, KCA's Live. Uh, they have a feed on their uh, their website, except uh, they're doing some work in terms of uh, the uh, Mac versus uh, Windows uh, blending, if you will, synchronicity, having some issues with that. So we're pointing everybody to iTunes for right now. Uh, But soon it will be iHeartRadio too. But anyhow, you can get all our shows for free whenever you want. And um, I'm really thrilled that to be doing the show on terrestrial radio and really build the audience because the footprint out in Southern California, there's about five uh, potentially 5 million listeners there. And then you go iHeart across the country. That's like another 40 million. And, um, and then we also, we have all the other platforms. So we're thrilled. I'm incredibly appreciative of all my guests, wonderful guests, and also uh, of, of you listeners, of course, because uh, we couldn't do it without you. And what I've been doing over the last couple of years is to, um, grow the show, let it grow kind of organically. And what it's become, it went from just relationships oriented based on my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And if you want to support the show and support me, pick up the novel. You can check out all the reviews on Amazon, but you can get the physical book or the ebook. And it's a rom com. It's been called The Male Sex in the City. Um, that would be great. But we started the Guy's Guy's Radio. Uh, based on uh, relationships and uh, it, it grew from there. So a uh, publicist discovered me, started sending me different types of uh, entertainers, authors, sports people, whatever. So we take on anybody that has a message that can, can help people. And I want to be in a position of being a filter to a uh, lens to let, uh, get information out there on how men and women can live their best lives. And then, when we put this information out there, I'm getting a free, hey, I'm getting a free education along the way, but anybody can listen and say, hey, I dig that. I want to find out more or, you know what, sounds good, but maybe not for me. But I'm just putting it out there because the way we live now, uh, everybody gets into this groove where you go to work, you get your paycheck, you come home, maybe you go out for a couple of beers with the fellas, whatever. But uh, the people, I think, are looking for more, and they're not getting uh, enough. And uh, everybody feels a little bit uh, repressed. The, obviously, the country's in a, you know, there's a divisiveness in the political system, and uh, everybody's all on edge all the time. So what I want to do is help people consider things outside of what the media is spewing at us and things about healing and wellness and spirituality and love and light and energy and energy work and and also about love sex power money and all that other stuff too but just put information out there for you so anyhow that's what we're doing um i'm not going to get into all this other stuff yes they're still talking about the wall and the shutdown and trump i'll just say this one thing you can believe in border security without necessarily having to have the physical wall across 2000 miles. Um, so if everybody just agreed to that, I think they can come up with a solution where there's wall in some places and technology in other places and like start, uh, start let the government means to start enforcing whatever immigration laws that we have or come up with some new ones and forget about all the people who already are into the country and just set things up going forward and make it make it so it's open enough where you can get people in here. It's not just uh, closing, closing the borders down because it's gotten crazy where everybody's pointing their fingers at everybody. And yes, immigration and illegal immigration is an issue. It is a problem. You know, you got a guy like Trump. He's a disruptor and he's bringing it to the surface. A lot of issues that need to be brought to the surface. And that's that's a good thing because you want discussion. However, as a president, I think even his supporters would agree like, He's pretty challenged in terms of being president. He's trying to be strong and trying to be a fighter and all of that. But it's very tiring for the for the entire population with the shutdown and all that. People are like, what? What? 
this is how we're going to do things. If we, if we don't get our way, if we can't negotiate the art of the deal, then we're going to just take the ball and go home. We can't do that. We have to be better than that. So let's hope that things soften up and get better and they uh, can come up with some type of solution over the next couple of weeks. So we don't have to go through another shutdown and, and uh, those, you know, those folks, the people who were affected, those 800,000 folks can keep getting paid and not have to work for nothing, even if though they're getting back pay. Anyhow, this is Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. Um, we've got a great guest, Francine Vale. I'm going to bring her on in a moment. Let's take a super quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right, cool. We're back, Guys Guys Radio. Your host, Robert Manny. Let me tell you about our guest, Francine Vale. She was born in the Bronx. She married her prince on a white horse and brought her beautiful children into the world. Looking toward the future and her family's security, she became her husband's partner, and together they built a successful business. In 1991, her spirit guide revealed himself to her, showing Francine images of her true, authentic self, a golden light being. He spoke of their home planet and reminded her of her destiny on Earth. In this way, with spiritual guidance and utmost gentleness and loving kindness, through experiences of profound wonder and teachings of profound wisdom, all the while maintaining relationships and holding on to her New York lifestyle until it could no longer be sustained. And now Francine's life has changed forever. She has a book called The Song of the Heart. It's, it's broken into, it could be three books. It's called Walking the Path of Light. It's got her, uh, her kind of background fic- fictionalized. It's got some metaphysical teachings. It's got a lot of her past life um, experiences. And she's a wonderful person. So I apologize for keeping her waiting, but let's bring her on right now. Good evening, Francine. Happy Saturday. How are you? Good evening, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. I'm very (laughs) happy to be here with you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being back on Guys Guys Radio. Let's let's kind of start from the beginning. I know you're here before, but for possibly new listeners, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you have a very fascinating story. How would you describe yourself um, because I've met you and Uni, my wife has met you and my son Sky have met you and we all love you, but you're, you, you're a human being, but you're also kind of an interdimensional being. Uh, well, could you describe kind of what you are, who you are and what you're all about? Oh, what a question. Um, I'm a human being. Yes. While I'm here, I am a human being as we all are. And uh, I have been, uh, I was actually contacted when I was three. So from a very young age, I understood that I was more than a little child. I understood there was a lot more to me and I couldn't express it because uh, I was contacted by an angelic being who uh, told me that I was here to heal people with the power of love and that I was to begin with my parents. Uh, as a three-year-old, uh, you think children don't understand things, but actually uh, the soul is, is expressing itself through mm-hmm. a small child. And I understood somehow what she was talking about. So I understood my parents were orphans, and my father especially had had a very broken childhood, grew up in an orphanage where he was mistreated and he needed a lot of love to heal and there was a special bond between me and my father and so I used to imagine uh, that I was like an angel I would see myself feel myself as a tall uh, being with a white long white gown and long blonde hair and I would kneel down beside him while he was a little boy in the orphanage, and I would mm-hmm. whisper in his ear uh, that he was going to have a better life. A better life was waiting mm-hmm. for him, and he would, he would be very loved. So I began to do things like that without even thinking about it, and I didn't talk about it either. I, just, I didn't tell my parents what I was doing. It was just something between me and this guardian angel person who would come and visit me from time to time. So since then, I just see myself as living this life and also being 
uh, another there's another part of me that's uh, outside of my body and able to go places and do things that I can't do in my body. So where are some of the places that you go? <laughs> I've been to so many different kinds of places that are outside uh, the perimeter of what you think of as being in your human body. Uh, when I do go out, I am always guided by spirit guides. I never, I know some people have asked me, teach me how you soul travel. Um, I don't decide that I'm going to soul travel. My guides take me, and they take me where I am ready to go. So, you know, so when they first go ahead. Uh, when they first started taking me, they were teaching me by showing me things and reminding me. That's actually the word is reminding. I think we all know this inside mm-hmm. our soul uh, consciousness. But as a human, we're, we're so concerned with all the things that what sort of things you're talking about in the intro, and we forget. So. I'm here to remind people that we are souls and we do travel while we're sleeping. The body is resting and uh, the soul is out traveling. So I was taken to places where people were sort of stuck in, uh, I guess you you could call it the Bardo, where they didn't realize that Mm -hmm. they had passed over. And I would bring them to the light, but I never went into the light with them other angelic beings would come and take them. And it was very, very beautiful uh, teaching. Here's the thing I don't un- understand. Let's, let's, uh, because we have to, you know, our conversation and where our, everybody, all of our listeners are in a, and kind of everyone's in an individual spot. Let's start with, you know, you call it soul travel. And that would be, um, just to define it, it, when you go to sleep at night, some say that we do astral kind of traveling and that our soul uh, leaves our body and kind of then you have these dream experiences and you're going off to different places and you come back and you kind of reconnect uh, right before w- awakening. Is that is that correct, Francine? Yes, um, I have had experiences when I came back and I wasn't fully in my body yet, mm-hmm. and I would feel myself one particular time I felt myself suspended above my body. And I knew that as soon as I opened my eyes, I would be back in my body. But I I didn't want to open my eyes because I felt like I was held in the hand of God. That's how I felt. And I I could smell the aroma of roses. And it was just the most unbelievable feeling to be held in the hand of God. So obviously I wasn't held in the hand of God, but I was surrounded or guided by my spirit guides. And their love is so uh, expansive that you, you are just in this field of love when you are with them. And I didn't want it to end. And finally, uh, I had to uh, open my eyes. And as soon as I did, I was back in my body. So I have experienced like all these different kinds of stages. Okay. The thing is, so, though, for, I don't really know where I'm going. When I, when mm-hmm. I go out, right. I don't really know where I'm going until mm-hmm. I get there. Right. Do you, do you feel then that everybody else, all of our listeners, they, we're all soul traveling at night and just some are more aware of it than others? And, and if so, um, like, why do you think you're attuned to a place where you've been, you know, you've been connected more directly uh, from an awareness standpoint with your guides and angels that you go out there and they're leading you around. And a lot of other people say, Hey, I would love to do that. Or why, you know, what's happening there? Why does everybody, is everybody having the same experiences, but the awareness levels are different? How, how does it, how does it work in your opinion, Francine? Well, for me, what they told me and what they have reminded me over and over again, and I, I get it is everything that I am shown or taught or reminded of, I am meant to bring it out to as many people as I can. It's not for me to hold inside. I'm here to have the experiences and then bring them to people who want to hear about it. And the way, you know, I like to make spirituality understood as simply as possible. Exactly. That's where I'm going. 
we don't really have to follow like certain steps. Aside from living uh, a life of integrity and love, the more we do that, the more we're capable of connecting with spirit. And so uh, when, they, when they take people out to experience this, some people remember it and some don't, like dreams. Some people will say, I never dream. Well, obviously, we all dream, but some people remember it better than mm-hmm. others. Right. And some people know what the dream means and some people don't. So it's all coming through consciousness. And to the extent that an individual wishes to raise their consciousness, that is uh, the extent to which they would be able to have these experiences come back with them so they can be a more effective person in their life. Did you ever, um, in in your um, communication with your guides and spirits, a couple of things. Uh, are they always the same ones or do you find that the different guides or angels and ascended masters or wh- whatever are showing up? Do you, you get a variety of different types of entities? Are you going to different dimensions during your soul travel? Uh, what, how, does it, how does it work for you? Well, at first I had my guardian angel and I knew that she was with me for, for all the years that I was growing up. And uh, and then I got married when I was uh, a week after my 19th birthday, and she was still with me, but they have to sort of step back and let you live your life, right. and then she would show up when I needed her at traumatic moments in my life of illness or different things. And uh, then uh, 1991, all those years, I thought it was just my guardian angel, and I kind of uh, just took it for granted it was part of my life. In 1991, a spirit guide revealed himself to me. He showed himself to me. And this is very instructive. If, if people who are listening, if you see a light off in a distance, your eyes could be closed. And that light draws closer and closer. And as it draws closer, you start to get a sense of who it is. The same way when you're home... Uh, when you're young, you know if your mother walked into the room, and when you're older, you know if your wife or boyfriend right. or girlfriend walked into the mm-hmm. room, you feel their energy. And mm-hmm. so um, I felt the energy of this spirit being, and in my etheric body, my spirit body, I rose up. I was laying in bed, and I rose up to greet him. And when he put his arms around me, it was like spiritual beings. He was a spirit and I was. I knew who he was. He was uh, the soul of a baby I had who died on my 22nd birthday. And so at that point he would have been 26 and I realized later he looked to me like he was 26 and he only spoke to me of the most profound things. We never discussed uh, mundane uh, concerns. He felt that I was wise enough to handle the mundane concerns of my life and anything I wasn't, I would ask. And so we began this amazing relationship. I had to ask the question and he would provide the answer. He did not give me information that I did not ask about. Right. But it was okay. all about, you know, like that. All right. Okay. Um, two questions here. Um, uh, when working with guides and angels for since we want to be instructive to help our listeners, um, my yeah. understanding is they we have a whole team working with us, but we need to uh, they need our permission to help us. Uh, is that true? And if so, how how can you best how can we best work with our team of, yes. of uh, guides and angels and the that keeper of the exactly threshold, so. if you will? Yes, that is exactly so. So, so when I was first talking to my spirit guide, um, it was the most unbelievable experience I could imagine. I was addicted to communicating with him because it brought me mm-hmm. into this higher place. And then after about a month or so, uh, I didn't think of any other spirit guide coming into my life because this was so exciting and it was so real. And he was giving me real, real signs in in the physical world i could i could trust it you know 
And then uh, a, a being came to me with uh, an Indian accent, a female, and I was frightened. I was laying in bed, starting to go to sleep, and I felt the presence of this other spirit being, and I got frightened, and I sent her away. And in all these years, she has never come back. But I began to gain confidence in this other world. And as I did and grew more comfortable with it, other guys started to make themselves known to me. And eventually, there was a whole plethora of guides, each one as another purpose that from a different, a different aspect of myself that relates to that aspect of me. Mm-hmm. So okay. um, it became quite beautiful. And sometimes there's a whole crowd of spiritual beings that stand behind the spirit guide that's coming to see me because they are learning. They are learning. They are souls and they are learning what it's like to be a human being on earth. And I agreed. I agreed to that, definitely. Okay. If you don't agree, they don't come back. All right. So we also, um, just to kind of pack that together a little bit, so we all have a, a, a we all have a primary guides, I guess, and a keeper of the threshold. That was the term I threw out, which is uh, kind of guardian angel or the kind of the lead who's always been with you. And then, and correct me if I'm wrong with all of this, and then we also have a team. And uh, beyond the team, there's other souls kind of learning about uh, what's going on. But we have, do we have a core team that works with us, like a chemist and somebody who works on different areas of our lives? That, uh, is, do we have a team working with us? Yes, we do. We do have a okay. team. And uh, one, one person, one spiritual being who's in the team uh, showed up on a, on a night that I was despondent and I wanted to leave this planet. And I went into the tunnel and I was turned back by an angelic being and said I could not go with the others. There were hordes of people going through this tunnel and she sent me back. And when I came out back into the, into the third dimension, it seemed like I was in third dimension, there was a huge clang behind me like this big iron door that had opened when I entered. It clanged shut behind me like it would not open again. And then mm-hmm. I was met by this amazing being who, to make a very easy description, looked, I realized years later, looked like Archangel Michael. But he didn't say he was Archangel Michael. Um, he didn't say who he was, but that's what he looked like. With light all around him, he took me to a place that was quiet, and we sat face to face on very plain chairs with our knees touching, and he advised me. And I said, I'm not going to remember everything you're saying. And he said, you will remember. When the time comes, you will remember. So this being, this magnificent being, came back to me many times. And each time I was so overwhelmed, I couldn't think of what to say. He would just show up to do something for me. And finally, I, I had the presence of mind, and I asked him, I think it was like the sixth or seventh time he showed up. Uh, who are you and how are we connected? And he said that he was my spiritual soulmate. And then I asked him if we had ever had a lifetime on earth together. And he said, no, we never did because what, it was too dangerous that one of us would always be in the higher realms watching over and protecting the other. So that's wow. his job from the very high place. And he mm-hmm. told me his name was Starlight, and he spoke in a, in a beautiful poem to me that I have transcribed in my book. So it was pretty amazing. And then there are other guys, uh, beings, amazing beings of light that have manifested in my room. I see them, and each one has their own purpose. Uh, some were helping me write my book. <laughs> they were there mm-hmm. at my right arm helping me write my book. Others are there when I have to take a medical test, when I have to take an MRI or a CT scan or go Mm -hmm. to the doctor or something, they're right there. They're right there. So that the the catastrophe that I thought was waiting for me is suddenly transmuted. And it's not. It's not a catastrophe. It gets healed. And they are always there. And I've done things to try to make it in third dimension. So I'll put lights on when I go to sleep the night before 
And this has happened to me when I wake up, the lights are off. So I know that they were there. <laughs> they they play with electricity. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, right, so let me that's, ask you something. that's sort of what okay. my experience is. Is that helpful? Yeah, um, well, I want, well, I want to keep breaking it down so people, uh, our listeners, can put some of this to work. So um, I think we agreed that you, 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 we all have a team. They're there to help us. They love us. And yes. we need to ask their permission for them to get involved. So what's the best way to start um, deepening the relationship with our team, if you will? Uh, I'll give you an example. It, it really, I, I'm going to just tell our listeners, it really works because uh, I hadn't really realized until I took a spiritual unfolding class the importance of your personal keeper of the threshold, as they call it, who kind of opens the doors and closes the doors to different dimensions and different things getting into you and shuts them off and all of that. And correct me along the way if I'm wrong, Francine, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, okay, I was uh, good. I was uh, doing a, I have to start pre-recording some of the shows and I had to do an opening segment. I like it when it's live, it just goes on, boom, I have to talk and I feel comfortable with that. When I have to look at a clock and say, okay, this has to be this long and I to write down what I'm going to say, I, I was fumbling with it, fumbling with it, fumbling with it. And I asked my keeper of the threshold. Finally, I said, put me in touch with uh, somebody who's an entity who knows how to do this, who's really good at working with this broadcasting so I can really kind of nail it. And then the next take I did, I didn't even, it, well, I heard his voice in my head said, don't look at the clock, just do it. And I did it. And then when I was done, I looked at the clock and I, I had to do 10 minutes. It was nine minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah. So yeah. my that's, point that's is, it, it, they're there. Yeah. So for for our audience, how how can um, is, is there any special sauce that people need to do to kind of create develop this relationship? Because you, we all have these teams there that want to work with us, yeah. but how many people even bother thinking about that or engaging them? So that's that's part of my role here in this mm-hmm. lifetime is reminding people that it's, it exists. It's possible, and we can all do this. We are meant to do it. It's just that we're so distracted by the transactional world, especially with all the devices and the way modern life has evolved into what we have now with the media. And even when we try not to listen, we're still hooked into it in some way. You know, I don't even have a TV, but I still want to know what's going on, what's happening, what happened while I was sleeping last night, you know. And uh, so we have to find a way for ourselves to be quiet and give ourselves mm-hmm. that gift of peace and serenity mm-hmm. and quiet. And making that space, whatever our life is like, what, for some people it's in the bathroom. And Spirit, mm-hmm. by the way, loves the bathroom. Really? I think it's the water. Yes, they love the bathroom. They love the water. They love the mirror reflection. All kinds of magic happens in the bathroom. Um, when we're doing our hygiene, showers, when you're taking a shower or a bath, a bath, by the way, uh, you should know is, is a living crystal because it's water and it, and it crystallizes into crystals. So as a bath, you can put your hands over the water and imbue the water with healing energy. And you could see in the bathroom when you're looking in the mirror, if, mm-hmm. you, if you're shaving or combing your hair, sparks of light flying around wow. you like, wow. like, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, fireflies. You could, that, that's where I first saw them. In the bathroom, look, combing my hair, all of a sudden the mirror was, was clouded over with all these golden sparks of light. And um, that's that's interesting because I, I get some spi- mm-hmm. no, I, I get some spiritual thoughts when I'm in the bathroom sometimes, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I'm doing my hygiene or whatever, as you would say, I mean, is that am I being disrespectful? Like I'm doing a little affirmation or prayer while I'm, you know, doing my business. Is that like, oh no, I shouldn't be doing that, or it doesn't matter? No, no, it's perfectly legitimate because. Uh, believe me, you don't know how important it is necessary until mm-hmm. it stops functioning. So we, our body must function in a healthy way. And part of when we're in the bathroom, we are contributing to having our body function in a healthy way. We brush our teeth, we wash our face, we take showers, we're clean, we, we clean our ears. I mean, we do all the things that we have to do because if we don't, um, we become very unhealthy washing okay. our hair, comb, 
all of those things. So it's entirely legitimate, good, and right to do your affirmation, say a prayer. I, I believe in looking in the mirror when I speak to my spirit guides. I don't always do it. I forget. I do it all the time and wherever I am, lying in bed before I go to sleep and when I wake up. But if I remember to do it when I'm looking in the mirror, you might even see your aura. And I have shown people how they can see their aura. It's so easy. Just unfocus your eyes. Or just instead of looking at yourself in the mirror, just concentrate on your eyes in the mirror. And from your peripheral vision above and on the side, you'll see the the Mm -hmm. light of your aura all around you. So just this morning, this just happened this morning. I was brushing my teeth, and I was not feeling well for a little while, and I woke up and I felt better. So I looked mm-hmm. in the mirror, and I said, um, my dear guides, uh, you restoreth my soul. And as I said those beautiful words, um, of the brightness around me just came out, and my body was filled with incredible vibrations. So in this way, you know they are around you. And you, that was my way of offering gratitude, saying those simple words that we all know. You have restored my soul. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt. And so okay. there I was in the bathroom. And, and I had this amazing experience. It's, it's wonderful. It really, right. I, I advise keeping your bathroom very clean. Okay spotless as possible because cleanliness is really close to godliness and uh, yeah so that's okay. beautiful let's, but let's, we, we do have a team definitely we have a team yes okay I've got a ton of questions we have limited time so I want to get to your book Song of the Heart because you put so much effort in it it's such a wonderful book Walking the Path of Light um, it's broken into three sections. And when we got together, I mentioned like, wow, it really reads like three books. It could have been three books. So maybe for the benefit of our listeners, you could describe a little bit how you kind of carved up the book in terms of the different sections. Uh, so they know what they're getting into when they uh, uh, pick up your well, book and they're um, reading. Yes. You know, in hindsight, I could have published them uh, at least as two books with a pamphlet. The pamphlet would have been the structure of all that is. It's 10 pages. I could have made it longer by drawing it out on 25 pages with illustrations, but I didn't. I was very passionate about getting it, and I felt it belonged in the book. So if you buy the book, don't be uh, 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 feeling that it's too big uh, because you can read it as two or three books, and it's just that's the way I did it. And, uh, and you can, so you can first, read so pieces at a time. So the, the first section is, a, yes. so let's take, let's go through the three sections. So people uh, know what to expect. So the first part of it is how I began to understand who I was from the age of three, how I responded to the world around me with these higher understandings, the difficulties I had living a normal life, Uh, with uh, people that didn't understand this and I could see things that other people didn't see so the difficulty of doing that um, is part very much a part of my marriage uh, because my husband could not understand anything about me that part of me he only saw me as as a woman you know physical woman and um, so integrating that higher understanding and, and and who I was into an ordinary life of an ordinary woman uh, was very trying for me, and it resulted in a lot of illness, a lot of challenges, a lot. Every time I got better, uh, I, I, I would say, well, thank God I got better and offer my gratitude. And then not long after that, I'd be hit with another catastrophic illness. And I would always say, wrong program that's not going to happen when I received a diagnosis I said no it's not going to happen and then I didn't just pray or count on my spirit guides but I uh, took steps in my own behalf uh, to do do what I had to do I followed uh, instructions that would help me get better and at the same time I did not allow myself to become bitter or jealous or angry 
or any of those negative things. It's very, very important when we don't feel well. We cannot allow ourselves to fall into lower vibration of of anger at ourselves because we already have, uh, we're born with a conflict inside us between our soul and our body. The body is into survival and the soul is into expressing itself through the body and the soul is the higher part of us. So we don't want to uh, create more of a conflict between, uh, for lack of a better terminology, just good and evil. You know, we want to stay good. We don't want to let ourselves be taken down by people who don't understand us or our illnesses or troubles, challenges. We weren't born to have an easy life. We were born to learn through experience. Okay, and so the, the first, idea of every okay. So that's the first part, yes. All right. Second part. The, sec, the second part is the structure of all that is. I was brushing my teeth. Part one had been finished, and I I knew that I had another another section waiting, another book waiting, but I did not know how to start. And suddenly, I got while I'm brushing my teeth, um, this uh, I see this pyramid. And in, my, in the center of my head, now I know it's where the pineal gland is. And it was shining golden light. And the light came out of the top of the pyramid. The pyramid disappeared. My head was filled with light. And packets of words started to open up and float around in my head. And I realized I had to go write this down. So I ran to my computer and I started at a laptop and I started typing. And every day I got another page. And this went on for 10 days. And when I was done, I had this profound teaching of humanity and humanity's role in all that is. It's not that we are meaningless. We have what we do here on earth affects all that is. The mass consciousness, the unity consciousness, it affects all that is. Right now, the most important thing that came out of the structure of all that is, I have, I have contemplated making it into a pamphlet, but I just haven't had the energy, honestly, between all the other things that I'm dealing with is my health. I haven't had the energy to do it. Uh, but it's such an important teaching because all that is is a spiral. And we are now spiraling around. Now, I got this. It was 2012, a special year of 2012. And I believe it was a message that was uh, buried in the pyramid, encoded in the pyramid and uh, at Giza, the big, large pyramid at Giza. And we are now coming around that spiral so that we are near where we were energetically as humanity in the early 1930s before the outbreak of World War II. So we can see the chaos. We can see uh, the political situations around the world. We can see uh, the racism, the rise of racism all around us. This is what happened. We didn't live through it. We, we, we were born afterwards, but um, this is what it was like for people back then, but they didn't have communication that we have. And so what we need to do now, the imprint is already there on the spiral of that time. What our job is to raise that imprint. We can easily fall into war and have a Mm -hmm. World War III because the imprint is there. The energy is there waiting to draw us down like a magnet because there's something about people that people are often drawn to the negative, you know, And uh, so we need to uplift that imprint and not have war and avoid it and uplift it all with good thoughts and love. Love is the answer. I know it sounds like, you know, really, but aside from love, we need to take steps. So we have to stand up and speak out against negativity and racism, Mm -hmm. especially because that's what led to World War II. And so we can't allow ourselves to fall into that imprint. It is so important. And by lifting our, ourselves up from it and raising and avoiding another terrible war that would be worse than it was in World War II, uh, we now 
have affected the all that is in a positive way. And there's a major celebration in heaven. So that's what, because we are being watched by all, there's a huge amount of spirit guides, I think more than ever now with people on earth, because this is such a crucial time. Right. And so that's the structure of all that is. Okay. And then the third part of the book, the third section. So the third part is um, my initiation. First part is the journey, mm-hmm. structure of all that is, then initiation. And that's when uh, Spirit started giving me uh, all of these out-of-this-world experiences that I was consciously aware of when it was happening, and I could bring it back with me and understand what it meant most of the time. Sometimes I didn't understand it maybe for a week or a month or a year or five years. I had to live into it. There's something about living into our experiences. So as a very simple example, let's just say there's somebody in our life who's very mean to us. It very often happens in in in-laws and families. I think that's the purpose of (laughs) in-laws is to challenge us a lot or whoever it is. It could be a friend. It could be anybody Um, that person, we don't know why they are that way. But the worst thing we can do is hate them in return because there is a meaning to what they are doing. And so if we don't judge them, don't hate them, but hold it in abeyance, one day we will understand. And the day that we understand why that was happening, we will be so happy that we did not hate them. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, and also that, that I, I just want to get that out there. So people understood what, how the book is kind of broken down for them. Uh, Francine, um, you also in the well, book, it goes a lot, a lot deeper. So there's past lives. You've had a number of past lives. Most, um, the ones that popped up uh, the most are as a Hopi Indian uh, as a Roman girl in the time of Jesus and also as an Egyptian princess in the time of uh, Isis. Um, yes. Could yes. you, uh, just, I guess for, since we did, were a little short on time, what was it like being a Roman girl in the time of Jesus and what was your experience with Jesus and what was the political climate like when he was walking the earth? And that was, that was another amazing experience. It's all part Three, you can call part, I call part two in the book, but it's part, a third part, is about all of these spiritual kinds of experiences that we have. That's what it is. So all the things that you're interested in uh, spiritually are in part two of the book. And so the time that I lived as a Roman girl, I had a Jewish friend, and she said, uh, you must come and hear this rabbi speak. You must hear him, you must. So I went to meet her, and I'm dressed as a Roman girl. I look down, I see my sandals, the white Roman gown with a big clasp on my left shoulder that was golden, and that depicted the house that I came from. And the house that I came from was the Senate. My father was a senator. And as a Senate uh, daughter, a senator's daughter, I had a lot of privilege. One, the most important was face passage. Wherever I went, I was guarded. In those times, that was the biggest thing that you could have. And so I was there walking among the Jews, and they were all wearing dark uh, robes that seemed like brown to me, and hooded. It was a dismal, kind of drizzly day, and I'm walking up a slope, and I began to realize that it was uh, the Sermon on the Mount And I get to the top, and there's an olive tree that's there. And I'm standing there, not with the crowd of people, but set aside parallel to where Jesus was standing, giving his oration. And his talk was about love, the word. The, The word, the word was love. That was the word. The word was love. And he was exhorting the people to remember that they came to love one another. And I go home. And my brother is there, my twin brother, and I'm telling him about this man, Jesus, and he was a typical Roman, a young Roman uh, boy who aspired to be like his father, 
and uh, they worked out a lot. They did what we call, you know, going to the gym. So they were always working out and uh, building up their bodies. And uh, my father came home dressed the way they are depicted in the movies when we see these mm-hmm. ancient stories. And I tell him, Father, Father, I just saw the most amazing man. His name is Jesus, and he talks about the word. The word is love. Father, you have the opportunity to change the direction of the Roman Empire. I was so enthusiastic and so excited, and my father stands there very wise and still listening to me. And when I'm all finished, he says, Daughter, you may follow this man, Jesus, if this is your desire. But do not tell me how to run. How, do not try to change the Roman Empire. I can't remember mm-hmm. right now the exact words. And that was it. And so I left my father's house, and my brother was very upset because we were very close, and I went and followed Jesus. And I did not know that my father had sent a Roman centurion to follow me to keep me safe. I found that out many, many years later. Let me ask you this, Francine. Um, when, how did you get into this past life of regression? Were you regressed uh, from, uh, through hypnosis or it was just while you were asleep? Or how did you go into the past life regressions? I had actually had a spontaneous past life regression because when I was a, a child, I saw myself as an Indian girl. <laughs> And my father called me Pocahontas, <laughs> and I only wanted to play with little little uh, uh, canoes and things like that, you know, like Indian toys. And uh, and so I knew that I had had a life as an Indian, but I couldn't really express it. I also felt that I had had a past life with my grandmother's family in Russia, because I felt that uh, her sister who was killed by the Nazis, uh, her whole family was, that uh, she was living through me and that everything mm-hmm. I did, I was doing for her. And okay. I write about that in my book, too. So I felt that. So those are two past lives I felt I had before I was ever regressed. I was regressed by some, a wonderful spiritual teacher called uh, Stephen Sutphin out in Arizona. And uh, then I had a, a full-blown... Uh, regression and I didn't want to do it because there were like 200 people in the room and I and sitting on regular chairs and I mm-hmm. felt I didn't feel comfortable but nevertheless I was back uh, coming through the trees on my wedding day and I was supposed to marry the chief of another tribe I was a Hopi because the tribes were being decimated by the white man and we lost our chief and they lost their medicine person uh, and my father had been the medicine man and had taught me everything he knew. So I was—I now had to give up uh, the one that I loved and marry the chief of this other tribe, which I was my responsibility. You did not okay. say no when the when the elders sat around the fire and decided this. You had to obey. There was no question. And okay. then after that, I I had many spontaneous. Uh, the door had been opened, you might say, and I had many Got spontaneous okay. past lives, we call. All right. Um, last question. Um, I want to get some, one more practical t- tool in here for our listeners. Um, you talk about opening the, the third eye and the, pi- the pineal gland, and a lot of people are curious about that and don't really know how to do it and wondering if it's like a pop, is it a spontaneous thing, is fluoride, uh, calcify it, or what, what's your... Give, give a couple of tips. If people want to open up that third eye, what can they do? You know, Robert, it's the hardest thing for me because uh, to tell you what to do because I never tried to do mm-hmm. any of these things. These things all happened to me like when I had that golden light in my head. Right. I didn't ask for it. I didn't expect it. Got I it. didn't know what okay. happened. So I think it's living your life... Uh, even when I teach in my in my healing circles, it always comes back to integrity. We wouldn't dare put our hands on someone to heal them unless we were coming to a place of integrity. So integrity, right. being good, very, very important. And then your guides will gather around you and bring you along, and you will know, you will feel it, and they will take you when you're ready. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's very hard to go before you're ready. 
because you could have a negative experience, which I have never had in my soul travels. I've never had a negative experience. Okay. Well, so, last thing, uh, Francine. Um, uh, I think just because I also I want to be very sure where, with with where uh, teaching the uh, giving the audience the listeners some some tips. What I've been taught, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we have to be careful uh, when we go to sleep not to like, you know, meditate or uh, keep ourselves too open because what can happen is the spirit, if you will, thinks that you're kind of open for business and you'll get a lot of stuff going on while you're sleeping. And I noticed, I figured, hey, uh, I got eight hours in front of me or seven hours or six hours, whatever it is, I'll just get downloads. And I found myself a little bit drained in the mornings. And then uh, my teacher, if you will, she said, you know, you might want to shut yourself down at night because they think you're open for all this stuff and you're just going to keep getting stuff. Just shut yourself down and then you can rest. And then you open up and you have certain times during the day or certain areas of your place where you go and uh, make it more like an appointment thing and invite them in. Um, what's your feelings about that for, for people my, as a my, practice? My- my absolute honest feelings about that, mm-hmm. uh, and this is this is just me. Everything I say, yeah. other mm-hmm. people might feel differently. It depends on your consciousness. If we have fear of of the higher realms, then we will. Uh, we could. We could not. We will. But we could possibly attract something negative. Um, we could go beyond our own limits. Uh, so mm-hmm. I never ask for downloads. I never, never ask for downloads. I speak to my guides during the day, like when I'm, I'm not doing as many healings now. I've sort of retired at the age that I am now. I do healings for people that I know, but uh, um, I, I, I don't. I, I still can communicate with my spirit guides during the day, and at night I concentrate on healing for myself. If I'm going through mm-hmm. something, and I call on my guides to bring healing to me while I'm sleeping. I make it very clear. While I'm sleeping, I want to receive the healing so that I can continue to live this life. And I get it. I receive the healing. I, I will say that there are times I have been faced with some dark issues, and I chase them away. That's all you have to do is chase them away. If you feel exhausted, and there are times when I feel tired in the morning, I go to sleep too late. It could be something that's quite physical. If you mm-hmm. go to sleep past 1.30, like I, some, I, I'm trying to fight this my whole life, is always had the sense I have, to, I have to stay up all night to, like, protect everyone, you know, be watchful right. when I was little, okay. you know. So it's, it's, it's about consciousness. Where are we? If we have fear, then we might attract that. So we have to have love. Just just fill yourself with love at every moment, wherever you are, even if it's a threatening place. Just fill yourself with love and get used to doing it. That's the most important thing. Build that love light around you. Fill your body with love light. That's the best thing that you could do for yourself. Perfect. Perfect way to end the show, too. So, um, Francine, thank you so much. Uh, the name of the book, Song of the Heart, Francine Vale. Uh, where can they find you in the book? Uh, please uh, look for me, send me on Facebook, first of all, because then we'll be connected. That's the only social media I really pay attention to, although I'm on the others. Um, you can find the book on Amazon, Orange and Noble. And uh, it's it's an ebook, it's an audible that I recorded. Um, it's hard for me to listen to my own voice, and I recorded it after I had thyroid cancer, so I no longer had my thyroid. And I came to the first song that I had in my book. There's several songs, and I had to sing the song with my mm-hmm. throat. Uh, I lost my, you know, a lot of my vocal. Uh, I could I can't sing anymore. So if you take the audible. Please have mercy on me when you come to the songs without my my voice being able to sing. And uh, stay in touch with me if you read my book or or listen to it. Stay in touch. Okay. And you know I will because hopefully we'll get together soon. And listen, I want to thank you for coming back to Guys Guys Radio. um, And I want to thank you for being a, a friend of our family 
and we all love you and um, so pleased that we've gotten to know each other and uh, look forward to uh, continuing our our friendship. So thank you, Francine, for being on Guys Guys Radio. Again, the name of the book is Song of the Heart, Francine Vale, and um, peace be with you. I'll see you soon, okay? Thank you so much, Robert, and I have the same feelings that you have just articulated. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, you're welcome. All right, we kind of ran over a little bit tonight, but that's okay because this is Guys Guys Radio and we're allowed to do that now and then. So that's our show. Um, We're going to be back, as I mentioned. We're going to do another live show on Monday. Uh, Mark Gober, he's an author, and uh, we'll we'll do that then. And then we've got another live show um, February 25th. But in uh, going forward, we're going to be doing the KCAA shows every Wednesday. And we've got a bunch of great guests. And in fact, I just booked Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God and a whole bunch of other books. So uh, things are really happening for Guys Guys Radio. I'm very pleased and I'm very appreciative. So thank you for sticking with me, everybody. And remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.